This is the Fantasy Fast Track with Brandon Funston and Brad Evans. Ready, set, go! This is the Fantasy Fast Track Podcast. I'm Brad, the Big Noise Evans, joined by Senior Fun Buns, Brandon Funston. And before we get to today's Fantasy Five, Brandon, you and I have relished uh, having discussions about the matchup bets under season specials offered at DraftKings Sportsbook, and the premise of all these is pretty simple. It's just head-to-head. Player A versus player B in different statistical categories. There's some overlap of positions. We're going to feature one of those here in a second, but it's pretty simple. Who's going to have more of the two? Of course, the juice varies a little bit with each one of these, but uh, highly entertained uh, by these offerings. I think they're ultimately very creative and give us kind of a glimpse of what odds makers are sensing where a player lands up with another player in terms of statistical output or potential statistical output in a given category. So let's go ahead and dive headfirst into these right now. And let's start with a pair of middling quarterbacks in single quarterback leagues and guys, of course, that are coveted in super flex or two quarterback formats, one of which uh, I shelled out 13 large for in a super flex 14 team auction draft earlier this week. And that is the king of the white claws, a man that always dodges vaccination questions the one and only Kirk Cousins going up against Baker Mayfield with all that tiger blood pumping through the veins there in Cleveland. Which of these two do you believe is going to have more passing touchdowns this season? And a DraftKings Sportsbook, it's minus 115 in either direction. Yeah, I still am firmly believing that Baker Mayfield is not yet uh, deserving of a national ad campaign. But thus, uh, <laughs> here we are. Um, and I think Kirk Cousins would would blanch at you calling him middling uh, five of the last six seasons. He's actually been a QB one. And that's where I'm going with this one because the great barge trivia question, who is the only NFL quarterback to have 25 or more touchdown passes in six straight seasons. And that is Mr. Kirk cousins had mm. 35 last year, almost 10 more than Baker Mayfield. And I, I like this comparison because they're both quarterbacks of very run heavy offenses, but I'm just going to take the year to year Put it in the bank consistency of Kirk Cousins. I expect him to be in that 25 to 30 touchdown range again. Maybe Baker, maybe Baker will be there too. But uh, Cousins is a consistency king, and that's the way I'm going here. Yeah, I am too. And, and look at the weapons around him, right? And mm-hmm. I think o- OBJ, we'll see if he has a revival of sorts and a bounce back uh, there along Lake Erie. I think it's going to be a stretch for him to do so. But you got Justin Jefferson. You got Adam Thielen who is a complete rhythm with Kirk Cousins inside the red zone. Remember, Thielen had the highest end zone target share of any wide receiver in the NFL last season. Bigger Smith expected to take on an expanded role. A lot of continuity there in the offense. You could apply that, too, to Cleveland. But, yeah, the 35 passing touchdowns, uh, you know, out produced him across the board and multiple advanced analytics in- included completed air yards. So, Kirk Cousins, uh, the far and away winner here. I think Baker Mayfield in his, you know, high 20s touchdown yield from last season might be unsustainable, maybe more mid-20s this season, though Kirk Cousins I think is definitely going to take a step back from the 35 passing touchdowns, but he could toe the line of 30 in the end. All right, let's move on to the next one. Oh, it's one of your man crushes. (laughs) So try to speak as objectively as you possibly can here, Brandon. So shelve the infatuation temporarily. J.K. Dobbins versus Antonio Gibson. Who has more rush yards in context here? Believe it or not, J.K. Dobbins is the juice at minus 120 with Gibson at minus 110 at DK Sportsbook. 
Uh, see, I can't get this at all. And if it was rushing TDs, I would go J.K. Dobbins. Um, but listen, Antonio Gibson does not have a guess the bus behind him taking <laughs> or Lamar Jackson. Like- or Lamar Jackson, and, and just Gus alone, not not even to mention a guy in Lamar Jackson who will have somewhere between probably 100 and 130 rush attempts at minimum. But Gus Edwards is going to probably take 150 to 160 if he has the same exact role he's had for the last three years. I mean, it's almost – and I think we can pretty much book that. So, yeah, there's a lot of people taking the rock away from J.K. Dobbins uh, in Baltimore. There's not that – kind of a deal for Antonio Gibson in Washington. So got to go with Gibson. Yeah, 100%. It's going to be Gibson. And look, if there's any truth to the rumor that he's Christian McCaffrey, the sequel, at least in terms of usage, holy mackerel, it's not going to be remotely close. Yeah, so give me Antonio Gibson, a guy uh, that should command the lion's share of the touches in this uh, backfield, really an emerging offense in general. I think he could dwarf Dobbins by a good 150 to 300 rush yards. When it's all said and done. And the fact that Juice of Dobbins is idiotic to me. All right, last and certainly last not least, let's go ahead and do some crossover with a couple of different positions. Who will have more receiving touchdowns this season? Calvin Ridley or Travis Kelsey? An interesting one. Minus 115 for either one of the guys. Yeah, I, I would I would run away from this bet. You want to know why it's minus 115 for either one? Because they both have 26 touchdown uh, catches in their last three seasons. It's exactly the same. And, you know, Calvin Ridley's high is 10. Travis Kelsey's high is 11. Kelsey's played pretty much all the games. Ridley's missed a couple games. I, I don't know. I guess I would go Travis Kelsey if I had a gun to my head. But I if I don't have a gun to my head, I'm not making this bet. Oh, I have a gun in my head, and I'm afraid that I'm going to lose the game of Russian roulette. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'm going to take Calvin Ridley for one fact and one fact only. I, I think he is going to command the heavier target share. More opportunities could lead to more touchdown scoring opportunities. And thusly, I think he beats Kelsey by un TD. Just one. I think it's like 11 to 10 or 12 to 11. Uh, it's a tough wager to make here. It's an absolute coin flip. Uh, if you want something a little bit more long odds, just take Calvin Ridley to lead the NFL in receiving yards, although that number has tumbled down. Remember, I got it like 14 to 1 a month ago. I think I told you this on uh, the SiriusXM Fantasy Show, Faith the Noise, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, every Monday through Friday <laughs> on the Fantasy Channel, Channel 87. Uh, and it, now it is down to 7 to 1. Brandon so he is the heavy Ooh. favorite to lead in that category but in terms of you know this head-to-head uh, Ridley by nose with that let's get to it with this edition of the fantasy five number five all right the theme on today's pod uh, we did the all helium team earlier this week so naturally uh, we got to reverse the uh, script here and flip it around and talk about the all lead balloon team guys that are free-falling and fantasy football drafts. And, Brandon, let's start off with a certain someone in Jacksonville. And, no, uh, you cannot use Urban Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> as much as, uh, as, much as, as it is deserving, we, we got to actually feature a player. Yeah, well, Urban Meyer will be a reason uh, somewhat for the player that we're going with. DJ Chark, the wide receiver who we both had in our top 30. I actually had him in the mid-20s when yeah. I first made my initial rankings. Excited about him having a rebound year. One of the first things out of Urban Meyer's mouth in the summer was uh, he's a big guy that basically played soft, basically called him a wuss. Um, And so that was the first that was our first impression of Urban (laughs) Meyer with DJ Shark. (laughs) Then Shark gets like the the, the minor hand surgery 
And so you kind of combine all this, no time to work with a new offense, with a new quarterback, with a new coaching regime. And Marvin Jones has kind of ascended up to the number one spot of the, among the Jaguars trio of receivers for me. And LaVisca Chenault, especially with Travis Etienne going down, has moved up again for me as well. Uh, because he's going to have to fill somewhat of a hybrid role and kind of be a oh Curtis Samuel. Yeah. He's got to be yeah. the, the safety net for Trevor Lawrence when he's under incredible duress, which is going to be every other snap. Exactly. So where does that leave DJ Chark? I think that leaves DJ Chark as the number three Jags receiver at this point. He's fallen outside of my top 40. Went from my mid-20s to just outside the top 40 for me at wide receiver. It is laughable, the things that have uh, flown out of the mouth of Urban Meyer. Uh, not exactly making friends. Uh, with the guys that he is supposed to be lifting up and teaching them and guiding them, just talks down to them like they're children. It's not college, Urban! Get your ass fired already! Uh, I'm with you. Uh, Yeah, DJ Chark has certainly slid down my ranks. He's now outside my top 36. However, there is a glimmer of hope, Brandon, because he was number nine in unrealized air yards last season and wide receiver 91 in catchable target rate. A slight upgrade at quarterback could help him, but the time missed, the accumulated rust, uh, the other weapons around him to siphon off uh, some of those targets. I'm with you. Falling like a lead balloon. Number four. All right, marching on. Number four in our all-lead balloon team. Uh, Let's stay in the Sunshine State, and it is a cloudy forecast in the backfield for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and particularly for one Leonard Fournette, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. Like, yeah, I mean, we, I mean, uh, the alarms went off when Gio Bernard was signed. I mean, we just, both of us are thinking in our heads, James White, right? Tom Brady's got his James White. He's had disdain with Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette coming out of the backfield in the passing game. There's multiple memes of Brady face out there as, you know, (laughs) getting kind of that Eli look when those guys would drop the ball. So he's got his guy in Gio Bernard, and now Bruce Arians, everybody in Tampa saying, hey, he's been great. He's going to have a big role in the passing game. Where does that leave Leonard Fournette? Well, that leaves him vying for carries with Ronald Jones, and we both think that Ronald Jones is going to get the majority of those carries, but it's not going to leave a whole lot of scraps in the passing game either. And then you got to, you know, then you got to look to that passing game and all the mouths to feed there. I think Leonard Fournette, in terms of the pecking order in Tampa, has dropped outside probably the top five. He's not even in the top five guys in this offense that is going to be fed the rock. So given that, uh, I think you know he's an afterthought now in 12-team drafts. Uh, he absolutely is. Uh, and the guy I think is going to be highly expendable come like week three when people come to the realization, oh, yeah, he is certainly on the outside looking in. Uh, he's going to get, be given the gold, uh, cold shoulder there by uh, Bruce Arians. And you know, look at Fournette. You know, drafts conducted over the last week. Uh, people are still investing in him. RB thirty six in terms of ADP one hundred four point seven six. I have now moved him to RB forty five, Brandon. And to put that in perspective, I have Ronald Jones at RB thirty, and I have Gio Bernard at RB thirty nine. And I may be even still too bullish on Leonard Fournette. So let's do an impromptu game of head to head. You tell me, you'd rather have if you are drafting biggest fantasy draft weekend upcoming here. Leonard Fournette or Gus Edwards, who you mentioned earlier in a half-point PPR? Absolutely, Gus Edwards. Yeah, I'll just tell you, I'm outside the top 50 on Fournette. Oh, well, let's keep going. Uh, and it's 100% Gus the bus for me. What about Leonard Fournette or Naheem Hines? Naheem Hines, I have, uh, you know, about 10 spots higher. It's going to catch a lot of passes. Those add up in fantasy. All right, Naheem Hines, let's see exactly how bearish you are because we're going to talk about a Houston Texan now. Uh, you can't get you know lower to the dregs of the keg than featuring any Texan outside of Brandon Cooks. 
Uh, would you rather go Leonard Fournette or Philip Lindsay? I am RB39 on Philip Lindsay. I'm actually RB49 on David Johnson. So I actually have two Texans oh ahead of Leonard Fournette. Well, if that isn't damning, I don't know what is. Number three. All right, moving on. Number three on the all lead balloon list, guys that are moving down and descending rapidly in drafts here over the last uh, 30 days. And Brandon, let's go to the New York Giants and a player that could be miniaturized because he simply cannot stay healthy with those soft tissue issues. Who am I talking about? Yeah, you're talking about Kenny G, the smooth sax of Kenny G. Um, yeah, <laughs> not so that's, smooth. That, that sax, not, it sounded like, you know, yeah. a fourth grade band member right a now. A little out of tune. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and here's the deal with, with Kenny Galladay. I mean, he's put up some big numbers in the past in Detroit, but he's never been a high-volume guy. He's always been a go-up-and-get-it guy, and he had one of the best quarterbacks in the league for go-up-and-get-it. I mean, Daniel Jones might work out okay, but that offensive line with the Giants is terrible by all accounts. Uh, there's a lot more mouths to feed. Whatever you think about Daniel Jones, he is a downgrade passing-wise compared to Matthew Stafford. Oh, and if you can't stay healthy, I mean, that's you know that's job one for a player is to get yourself healthy, get yourself on the field. He's having a hard time doing it. If Saquon Barkley, eventually when he gets back to 100%, that's his team. So it's a guy that doesn't have, doesn't have a season with high volume you know, in the past at all. So you take that with the fact that he can't stay healthy and there's there's more mouths to feed with the Giants. I think he just continues to slip and slip as people start to realize the full picture of things. Yeah, and if you listen to the uh, Faith and Noise radio show, uh, there is a bump that was played that was captured, I think, I don't know when I said it, June or July. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's going to be like sex on the field with that smooth sax in the background between <laughs> Daniel Jones and Kenny Galladay. And I recently told producer Drew, uh, bro, don't play that anymore because my thoughts have changed and I've gone completely the opposite direction. I am running as far away. There is nothing arousing at all but about Kenny Galladay in a New York Giants uniform. I've got him all the way down, Brandon, uh, right now to wide receiver 46. So you look at his ADP, if you're drafting this weekend, you know, let's say you're doing a salary cap slash auction. That's somebody you want to get off the table immediately and see if somebody's willing to spend, you know, $15, $16 if, you know, you're in a 12-team league with a $200 cap and you need three wide receivers, you have multiple flex spots because they're paying for the brand name and they're overpaying. Uh, they're also overpaying at snake drafts. At wide receiver 30, 66.88, and average draft position. Again, drafts conducted over the last week. So let's do this in context. Who would you rather have in a half-point PPR if you're drafting this weekend? Kenny Galladay. Or another guy with some off-the-field issues, Antonio Brown. <laughs> I'm not quite as low as, as you are on Kenny Galladay. I have him at wide receiver 42. But guess who my wide receiver 41 is? Mr. Antonio Brown. So I'll go, I'll go Antonio Brown. Oh, yeah. I, I'd like to party with Antonio Brown for a night just to see how big of a shit show it would actually be. Uh, it's Antonio Brown for me. Kenny Galladay or Michael Pittman, one of my dudes. Uh, I haven't quite gotten Michael Pittman up to Kenny Galladay level. Oh, He's a blasphemy. few spots back. Come on. <laughs> Team Raisins in the house. I mean, Carson Wentz is back. Quinn Nelson's going to be back. You need to buy in. I, I need to convince you right now to make that change. 100% it's Michael Pittman for me. Last one, Kenny Galladay or a member of the all-helium team, Darnell Mooney. Oh, Darnell Mooney, who I have as a borderline wide receiver three. I'm so close at wide receiver 37. 
Hmm, I got him at uh, wide receiver 43 right now. So uh, three spots higher. Actually, correction, now five spots higher. I've been shifting my ranks around as we've been talking about this. I have moved Kenny Galladay down to wide receiver 47. Stay away. Stay far away. Number two. All right, moving on. Number two on this list. And a guy uh, bitten by the injury imp uh, maybe could have fixed the issue sooner than he did instead of undergoing the knife uh, in June. I'm, of course, talking about Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints. Everybody is a buzz about Marquez Calloway, another all-helium team member. Uh, but Thomas may or may not be back until after the bye week for the Saints, which is week six and the week seven, uh, the Saints face your beloveds in the Seattle Seahawks. But, you know, Thomas, what do you do with them if you're in a draft this weekend? When is the right time to go in on his services? Late, avoid. Uh, like, he's been dealing with lead in the balloon since well into last year, and it's just not going away. I mean, he. He delayed his surgery for the ankle. It should have been something that was done, and he would have been cleared for the season. He didn't do it. Now he's potentially going to miss half a year. Uh, you have the off-the-field disgruntledness, you know, and apparently him and That's Sean repaired. Payton. It's smoothed over. Is, it's all right. Is it? I mean, there's still – I mean, is there any lingering residue? We don't know. We're just getting – you know, we're just getting reports from inside that could be completely – you know, fabricated or touched up a bit. Uh, you have Marquez Callaway um, kind of developing a report with Jameis Winston. Oh, by the way, Jameis Winston likes to chuck it downfield. Drew Brees yes. was like the perfect quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater was a good quarterback. And even Taysom Hill was a good quarterback to serve to Michael Thomas's skill set as a intermediate, you know, technician of routes and a guy that could dominate that area. But if Jameis Winston wants to chuck it downfield, that's going to be to the detriment of Michael Thomas. It's going to be to the benefit of Marquez Callaway. So the early budding relationship between Winston and Callaway might be something that doesn't go away even when Michael Thomas comes back. Yeah, I don't disagree with that uh, point of view at all. Uh, it is encouraging that Winston has been named the starter and, you know, cash those tickets. Uh, I don't know why you would have wagered on it because the juice was minus 350 to win that gig. And where are all the Taysom Hill uh, supporters now, where are they? Where are they hanging out? Have they, like, you know, exchanged their jersey for something else? Because there there was a large collection of them like, oh, he's so much better than Michael Thomas. Uh, but we all knew that Winston they're all, was the they're all, uh, Yeah, they're on a mass migration to Utah, I think. So. Yeah, yeah, well, that would, that would make sense. Yes, yeah, chasing their dreams, uh, following <laughs> the promised land and the voices in their head telling them to go west. But – Let's do this in context again. Michael Thomas, head-to-head, or Terrace Marshall, who's been making some noise, the rookie at LSU, now a member of the Carolina Panthers. Gosh, I have Michael Thomas at 48, and I have Terrace Marshall at 50, but if I'm actually in a draft yes. right now, yes, I might take the bird in hand and the guy that's uh-huh. going to play right out of the gate. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think Terrace Marshall is the way to go here. Yeah, I had Marshall because I had the exact same wavelength as you there. Like, if I was in a draft, I was push, come to shove, and I need a wide receiver, those are two best options. Who do I take? It's going to be Marshall. So, click. He just went ahead of Michael Thomas now. <laughs> wide receiver 53. Thomas at wide receiver 54 for me. Let's do a Saints head-to-head battle. Thomas or Marquez Callaway? It's almost the same. Like, right after Marshall, I have Callaway, and I haven't moved Callaway up yet. So, I, I think I'm going Callaway here as well. Yeah, I got it. Again, bird in hand, I think it's the theme yep. here. Uh, I want to see what Callaway can do with the regular season after those two dynamite, high degree of difficulty catches in the preseason, both for touchdowns and both off of the fingers of Jameis Winston. Last one, 
one of my guys. You know where I'm going to stand on this. Jacoby Myers or Michael Thomas? I'm going Jacoby Myers because I have him. Right, this is a great group of receivers. They're all right in the same area for me. And yeah, again, it comes down to the fact that Jacoby Myers, I will, I know, will be in there for the first couple months of the season. Hundred yeah, percent, Jacoby Myers. Yeah, again, if Michael Thomas misses the first five games of the season or six games of the season, that's over a third of the fantasy football regular season. Got to pass and pass hard. Number one. All right, last and certainly not least, or maybe least. Yeah, definitely least on the all lead balloon list. It's got to be who, Brandon? Oh, I can see for miles and miles and miles <laughs> of lead for Miles Sanders in Philadelphia. Of, of garbage heaps. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Listen, I mean, all they've been preaching all summer long is RBBC. We're seeing reports Boston Scott and Miles Sanders will split. They got Kenneth Gainwell there. I'm sure they're planning on giving us some run. They brought in. Jordan Howard and Carryon Johnson, who's since been waived, but just speaks to the fact they're just loading up on backfield guys. And one thing you'll notice, and and even the beat writers will speak to it, is Miles Sanders took a big step back in the passing game, barely caught 50% of passes. I don't care if you have bad quarterback play, bad offensive line play. It should not be that hard to complete a pass into the flat to a running back. It's one of the easiest passes in the NFL. And Miles Sanders, by all accounts, wasn't very good at it last year, and I think Boston Scott is going to be the real deal when it comes to, you know, passing down situations. We're not going to see Miles Sanders probably pushing that 50-catch potential. He might be a 30-catch guy at this point. Yeah, I mean, 53% catch rate. I mean, that's just wretched. And you're right. Boston Scott's going to eat into that workload, and so is Kenneth Gainwell, yep. who, you know, a lot of beat writers have said has been impressive in training camp, the rookie. Uh, who is known to be a prolific pass catcher. So those two are going to work in concert together. It's going to reduce the overall volume for Miles Sanders. He's pretty much going to be an early down guy. I mean, you could look at him as the Ronald Jones of Philadelphia. I think that's a well, fair Well, what comp. I would look at him as, as the 2020 version of Damian Harris, where you had James White is, yeah. the, is the Boston Scott, and Kenneth Gainwell is the Rex Burkhead, who's stealing some carries, stealing some catches. And then you have Jalen Hurts in the Cam, Cam Newton. Newton. Yeah. It's taking it's taking other rushing numbers away. So but Miles Sanders is fine, but he's got a very narrow path to fantasy points. No, you're exactly right. And, you know, the fact that he is going still inside the top 20 in average draft position is insanity to me. So do not go the extra dollar. Do not go uh, the extra, the extra mile, mile or. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah, see what I was doing there or inch. Yep. Uh, to try to acquire Sanders, in a, uh, whether it's a stink draft or an auction draft this weekend. Let's do a head-to-head on him. Let's see how far you really are down on Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders or Kareem Hunt? Kareem Hunt. Uh, it is Kareem Hunt for me. Miles Sanders or Miles Gaskin? Uh, I have Miles Gaskin two spots ahead. Oh, me too. Uh, last one, Miles Sanders or Daryl Henderson? Uh, I have Daryl Henderson three spots ahead. I have Daryl Henderson one spot ahead at 25 and Sanders at 26. And there you have it. You're all lead balloon team. Guys, you might want to avoid in fantasy drafts this weekend or next weekend or the entire fantasy football season. And that's a wrap on this edition of the Fantasy Fast Track. Please follow Funson on Twitter at Brandon Funson. Follow me there at Noisy Cuevos. Drop us a rating and a review, would you kindly? And until next time, adios, amigos!